Hi everybody, good to be here, good to be sharing God's word with you today and uh, my real hope and hunger is that as we draw closer to God, we really sense him drawing closer to Him to us um, during these next couple of moments. The passage of scripture I want to bring to you this morning or read with, the, with you this morning that we'll be unpacking the gist of it through the rest of the sermon is Luke chapter 14 verse 16 through to 24. So Luke 14 verse 16 through to 24. Listen to what God's word says. Certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. And the first said, I've, I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry. And he ordered his servant, go out and quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. Sir, the, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Some very surprising twists and turns in that passage, but one of the greatest, most incredible truths that you or I could try to wrap our minds around is the thought that God is inviting us to meet with him. It's an incredible truth, quite hard to believe at times, let's be honest. But that's what this passage is all about. The primary movement, the first kind of movement of this passage is that of a ruler asking his subjects or his followers into his presence. The invite has been sent. It's almost an unbelievable truth, but the invite has been sent to us too, to you and I. And we can check our soul for that, that the invite has been sent. And we can sense it there in big, bold letters, in the depths of our heart. There's an invite from the living God to join him at the banquet table, to join him in his presence, to sit and be with him. You, know, you can fill in the gap as to what that banquet table looks like. Um, it'll look differently to all of us, I'm sure. If you know me at all, you'll probably guess that amongst a few other things on that table, yes, there's a plateau or two of biltong, um, dravos, you know, that kind of stuff. Bit of, bit of bra meat, I don't know. Someone else will say, no, that banquet table is full of sushi, it's piles of sushi. Someone also say big, fresh vegetables, you know, crisp, colorful, juicy, tasty vegetables, but it's a banquet. And that needs to be clear to us. In Matthew's description of the story, it's a wedding feast. And you've been invited. You've been invited. You've been asked. You've been called. You've been summoned into God's presence to enjoy all that he has prepared for you. No mistake, he has 
space for you at his table. And the critical follow-on question is very simply, do we have space for him in our lives? See, that's the tough truth that starts to unfold in this parable. Not everyone responds well to that invite. I want to create a bit of space in the service today to allow each of us a little bit more time to hear and to respond to our God. I want to create a little bit of a space. Um, I think all of us know what it's like to have a week that is so full of hectic meetings and deadlines and distractions and family commitments and financial challenges, a week so hectic that finding a gap to meet with God becomes quite difficult to find. We know what that's like. So I'm going to try to help us a little bit with that today. It's a space that I really want you to use to search for God, uh, to listen for God. And we'll do this probably two or three times during the service. So I'm going to invite you just to, just to help us to get to that kind of space. I'm going to invite you firstly just now, right now just to sit back. Wherever you are, sit back and relax Make yourself comfortable. Put your feet on the floor. Put your hands in a place that you find is very comfy. And then start to breathe deeply and slowly. Just take a few moments to get into that rhythm. Close your eyes if that helps. Allow yourself to gather your scattered senses, your frayed nerves, as you begin now to focus on the presence of God that is with you. And in this quietness, in this God space. I want you to ask yourself this one question. How are you responding to God's invite to you in this season of life that you're in? How are you responding to God's invite to you in this season of life? That you're experiencing. Why don't you take a few minutes just praying and thinking that through right now.
So whatever happened or was said to you or was realized during that little exercise, can I ask you just to hold that in the back of your mind for the next few moments? came across a very interesting quote a few weeks back by a guy named Richard Foster. He says this, he says, Perhaps somewhere in the subterranean chambers of your life, you have heard the call to deeper, fuller living. You know, every now and then you have caught glimpses or hints of something more than you have known. Inwardly you long to launch out into that deep. You know, I'm pretty convinced all of us have experienced something of this longing in our soul, a longing for something more. It's probably why you're at church today. We hear or read what this bloke Richard Foster says and we say, yes, yes, yes. That is a longing that I'm genuinely familiar with. And so whether you're a mature Christian, and by that I mean someone that knows how to navigate the challenges that come with being a Christian for a long time, or a new Christian, someone that is just for the first few movements or, or moments in discovering the awesomeness of a relationship with, with God. So whether you're mature or a new Christian, my guess is that every one of us has a very real hunger for God driving us and, and following us through our lives. And I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever known a waking moment in my life when that hunger wasn't real. Um, this hunger for God it isn't a very easy hunger to fully describe or to put it into words. Um, the bloke that wrote the book of Psalms felt a need to describe the hunger. He actually describes it as a thirst for God. Listen to what he says in Psalm 42 verse 1. He says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. And I've never seen a deer pant. I believe it's kind of like a dog who has a you know, tongue hanging out and kind of panting for water. Apparently, deers do the same. Um, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul, so I long for you, O God. A little later, in verse 3 of that passage, he says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Do you sense the truth of that in your own life? And then in verse 7 of that same passage, it describes it as deep, something deep in his soul, calling for deep, the deep things of life. And it's similar for me. It's a similar description. It's a craving for me, a craving. That's what this hunger feels like. Not an impersonal, I'm not looking for an impersonal more. I mean, we can easily find an impersonal more in a big bank account or in the massive expenses of the night sky. You know, there's lots of more out there. It's cold, it's loveless, it's non-responsive, but it's more. And that's certainly not what my soul is longing for. I'm longing to find a personal more. You know, somebody behind this immense experience that we call life. Somebody that is able to lead us to a higher purpose than this material world can give us. Somebody that is able to soak this world in an infinite, inexhaustible love. You know, more than you and I can offer it. 
Because this world, let's be honest, needs an eternal love that reaches into every corner of every person's life. I long for somebody that has an infinite power to redeem and rescue and heal and reconcile a broken and shattered world. Remember, as my youngest spiritual moment, I was a, I think I've shared this before, I lied to you about <clears throat> eight to ten years old. And I remember wanting with all my heart back then to connect with God. I, I sensed a companionship that came with prayer. And, and it was beautiful. I sensed a, a goodness, you know, that filled my soul, soul well when I, when I considered this God that I'd heard about. And I was very young at the time, and at that, at that longing, that longing for God has stuck with me ever since, wherever I've gone, through all these years. In our second couple of moments of silence, uh, I want to put another question to you, but before we get there, let's just go through that same exercise of slowing down and focusing on God as we did a few moments ago. So again, I'm going to invite you just to get, it, get yourself into a comfortable position. Sit back, relax, put your feet firmly on the ground. Maybe close your eyes at this point. And again, start to intentionally breathe deeply in and slowly but deeply also breathe out. Do that a few times. Then I'm going to invite you in these moments just to gather or, or settle your scattered senses focus on the presence of the living God that is with you right now. And now in this God's space, I want you to ask yourself, what do you find yourself doing with this deeply felt hunger for God? Where do you go with it? Or to put it another way, if God has invited you to sit down at a banquet table with him in this last week, how did you respond to that invite in this crazy, busy world that you live in? How do you respond to this hunger for God? Why don't you spend just a few moments thinking and praying through that?
Here's one or two dangers that I've encountered as I've tried to answer that question for myself. Um, you know, for a huge chunk, that question about how, what I do with this hunger that I have for God, it's always been present. And I've, I've often tried to answer that question, but one or two dangers that I've encountered as I've tried to answer that question for myself. For a huge chunk of my spiritual life, my answer to that question was found in the realm of spontaneity. Okay? You know, just walk through life, Believing God will always, without fail, just appear out of nowhere. Kind of like a magical genie, you know. There was no real drive or, or, or discipline in me to look for God. He would simply be required to appear out of nowhere. Um, somewhere on some level, I suspect that I, I didn't really need to go that far as looking for God. I didn't need to have any disciplined approach to a relationship with the creator of the world. Didn't think that was necessary. You know? You'll simply turn up every now and then out of the blue and that would be enough. And you hear this kind of reasoning when people say that they are spiritual but not religious. Um, and what this often means is that, is that they recognize that there's a, a deeper meaning in life. They see that there's a bigger picture to life. They get it. There's, there's something beyond them but they don't want their views and pursuit of that, whatever it is that is beyond them, to be tied up in institutional routines and practices that often, let's be honest, get boring after a while. Personal spirituality, the thinking goes, should be completely free, left to roam and explore wherever an individual wishes. Yeah? Spirituality at its best in this kind of thinking is at its best when it's spontaneous. And here's the problem with that thinking. I don't know if you've ever heard, not many people have, but I don't know if you've heard of the, the story of the spontaneous farmer. As he walked across the farmyard towards the hen house to collect the eggs, he noticed that the pump was leaking. And so he stopped to fix it. He, he needed a new washer for that pump, so he set off to the barn to get that new washer. But on the way, he saw that the hayloft needed straightening, and so he went to fetch the pitchfork. Hanging next to the pitchfork was a broom with a broken handle. I must take a note, he said to himself, to buy a broom handle the next time I go to town. And so he went off to pick a paper and pen, pick up some paper and pen to take that note. And so his day carried on. You know, by now it's clear to all of us that the farmer is not going to get his eggs gathered, nor is he likely to accomplish anything else that he sets out to do. He is utterly and gloriously spontaneous, but that freedom has come with an unexpected cost. I think it's true to say that that farmer is a prisoner to his untamed and ill-disciplined spontaneity. Does that make sense? Another thing that, thing that I found about spontaneity is that because it takes so little thoughtfulness, at best it often leads to a narrow pursuit of God. When spontaneity you know, dictates my relationship with God, it, it, it results in a narrow pursuit of God. Let me explain what I mean. Almost guaranteed if I'd ask a crowd, a normal crowd of hundred people in a church to describe how they would connect with the Lord this last week, um, they would end up describing probably one or three options. 
uh, how or what they read in Scripture, maybe a time of prayer or worship that they enjoyed, or a sermon or devotion that they came across in the week. It's probably be one of those three zones that people most often connect with God. And let's be honest, many of us don't even practice one of those zones in a given day. Now, I don't want to suggest, and this is critical, I don't want to suggest that those approaches to God aren't significant. They're powerful stuff. But there are so many, and here's the truth I'd love us to latch on to. There are so many, many more ways to approach or to encounter our Father than just through those three well-worn paths. When we limit ourselves to just one or two of those approaches, as our bread and butter approach to God, almost to the exclusion of any other approach, it's kind of like walking into the virgin active gym. And I say to you at the front, you can only use the water fountain and a skipping rope. That's it, you know? And, and, and you'd probably look at me and say, what on earth are you talking about, Richard? Why would I use only two of the instruments when there are at least 40 instruments, different kinds of you know, exercise intru- instruments out there? Yeah. The limitation is crazy. Or, or if I'd invite you to that banquet table to take us back to that original image in that passage of Scripture. And I said, you can eat anything from that, but you only choose one kind of food type. You stick to the breads only. You know, there's everything else on offer, but you only choose to eat the bread. Why would you do that? Make no mistake, that bread you know, meal will fill you, it will satisfy you to a degree, but there's a diversity there that we need to recognize and that makes this banquet what it is, a celebration of different experiences and tastes. And I honestly think that that is one of the major challenges that the church worldwide faces today. It isn't that the church doesn't experience a hunger after God, but that time and again our pursuit of God is just too narrowly defined. It's just too narrowly defined, too limited. Our approach to Him is too limited. I want to show you a list that we're going to speak a lot more about over the next few weeks, and hopefully all of us will be able to climb into the substance of this list. And the truth is that this, is the, that this list is based on this epic truth that God can be found in many spaces in our lives. So why don't you just take one minute, even less, 10 seconds, to have a look at this, at this list that is up on the screen right now. Um, it's an incomplete list of what people call spiritual disciplines. It's incomplete because it could be a lot longer, but, but it's a helpful starting list anyway. And my real hope is that many of us, many of us will start to channel this hunger for God that we have into fresh new pathways that will feed our soul and give us, yes, a new and fresh experience of our living God. As we start to pick up on some of those elements in that list that we're not familiar with. You know, it's been a while since Cindy has been able to surprise me with anything. I think I've become too, I don't know, familiar with the body language. But all of us enjoy a good surprise. Yeah? When someone we love steps out from behind a door or into a room when we least expect it, or, or when we're given a gift that leaves us kind of speci- you know, speechless, that's, those are epic moments. I love those surprises. But I honestly believe that we can have those beautiful 
significant, surprising moments with God throughout our week, whether we're at work or play or at home. If only we knew where to look for Him or how to create space in our lives for Him. Some people call the, that list a list of spiritual disciplines. I rather speak to of them as, as God's spaces. Spaces that God creates where we can encounter Him if only we step into that invite to be in that space. Folk, the invite is there for us. Make no mistake, God is inviting you into His presence. In our meetings at work, we can encounter God. As hard as that, as, as that is to believe. In our parenting chaos, in our financial challenges and successes, we can encounter God in each of these spaces. The invite is everywhere. God's saying, come, be with me here in this moment. Our God wants to meet with you and I. God's spaces are those moments in life that when we discover them, will breathe life and depth and intimacy into our journey with God. You know, sometimes I suspect that our, our devotional lives looks kind of like this graph. You know, we start off the day with a, with a reading and a prayer in the morning and there's this little bubble of spirituality at, that happens there, at the beginning of the day, but during the day, the after effects fade to almost nothing so that when we stumble into bed at night, our Father is just some kind of distant memory or something that we thought, back, thought of back at the start of the day. Man, that isn't how a walk with God should be. My hope is that as we become more familiar with the idea of God's spaces, that our days will look more and more like this. You know, moments throughout the day that are surprising and epic as we navigate the day with the very real sense that God is with us. And so my invite to you is just that you'd stick with us over the next couple of weeks. That's the simple invite. Stick with us over the next couple of weeks as we explore more about this idea of God's spaces, how we can meet God wherever we are, whenever we are doing something, uh, whatever our day is bringing to us. So see you next week. God bless and have a fantastic week.